Welcome to Episode 7 of No Crying in Baseball. It's December 1st, and there's no crying at my house. Can I tell you why, Potty Mouth? Please do. Please do. Because Mike Flynn was indicted today. I know there's nothing to do with baseball, but there's no crying. They're celebrating. It's a happy, happy day. And I'm ready to move on to baseball now that I got that out of my system. That's totally worth mentioning. Thank you very much. So what you got there, Potty Mouth? So for a little bit of an intro, I just want to give a little shout out to our producer, El Jefe, who I do not think of as a rabid baseball fan or as a rabid sports fan in general. But about once a year, when I'm checking on El El Jefe's uh, Facebook feed, there is this bizarre just exclamation, War Eagle. And it just goes out there. And I'm like, what the fuck is this about? And then... This year, right under El Jefe saying War Eagle, was a picture of Josh Donaldson, power hitter for the Toronto Blue Jays, next to the fucking War Eagle, like an actual eagle. And then there's David Ross next to the eagle. And it turns out that both of them uh, went to Auburn. Neither one graduated, but both played for the Auburn baseball and they were recruited out of Auburn. And I think El Jefe has some ties to Auburn and that's why he has that cryptic uh, statement every year. I just wanted to give him some shout out there. Start things off. A little bit of sports cred. I like it. It ties into baseball. And for those of you who are unaware, David Ross is our our pal, our former Cubs catcher pal, World Series, David Ross and Dancing with the Stars heartthrob. I'm just saying. And and Red Sox. So that's that's where my heartthrob comes from, is that first he did the World Series thing with the Red Sox, and then Theo brought him over to the Cubs, and it worked out again. But the Dancing with the Stars was absolutely priceless. If, If anyone hasn't seen that, it's totally worth checking out. And maybe we can get El Jefe on Dancing with the Stars. I think that's And a War Eagle. I think that's okay. next. Awesome. Yeah. Dancing with an Eagle on the Stars. We should take a look at the past week. I was thinking not a lot happened, but as we thought about it, there were some things that happened the past week in the world of baseball. What you got there, Pony? Well, there's the Otani watch. I mean, that's just what's hot in the hot stove because there's not much trading actually going on. So we're all checking out Otani and thinking about, and I think last time maybe or the time before I was talking about how it just made sense for him to be in the National League. But I've been brushing up on my math, and I know I've had to do that since the last podcast. So math, math is hard, but I it's ha- good that you're working on it. I have an equation for you to decipher. I want to hear The equation is AL equals P plus DH. I think I can make this one work. Okay. I'm guessing the, the, the P might be pitching and the DH might be the dreaded hitter. Oh, I mean designated oh, yeah, hitter. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So what's going to happen with Otani? What do you think? Well, I think the AL is kind of a good fit. I was thinking, like you, National League to begin with because all pitchers hit in the National League. But then I did a little research, too, and he doesn't want to just hit in the games where he starts. He wants to play every damn game. Right. And according to his uh, former teammates, he can play just about any position. So it looks like he can. he's going to try to find a team where he can either start as a pitcher and on his off days play in the outfield or play any position, really, and hit every single day, which is pretty amazing. Or even if they want to protect him as a pitcher, that's what my DH thing was thinking is then he'll just be DH on the other days. So he's less likely to get injured. He's going to be, you know, producing for the team every day. And it's a good situation for everybody. But there's the how is Otani going to find his match? And I think you were looking into the situation a little bit. I was. He's he's doing a little better than online dating. They actually set they sent a questionnaire to every single team, all thirty teams, Otani and his manager did, to say, 
Tell me about, sell yourselves to me. Tell, why should I go with you? Tell me about your city. Tell me about how you will help me culturally assimilate. Tell me how you would welcome me into the team. Tell me about your player development philosophy. He assigned homework to 30 Major League Baseball teams, and I think pretty much all of them are doing their homework and sending that back to him. Oh, totally. I would think that anybody's interested. It's like this huge dating game, right? Like, bachelor number one, what do you say about... And even teams who know they can't compete financially are, financially are still doing it just to see what happens. Well, money's moving around. So that's what we were talking about last time is here's what to watch on the hot stove and this whole math issue with the international pool. And if anybody's going for that kind of money, then we're going to have to look at that team. And there was a deal this week between the Braves and the Angels where Jim Johnson, who's a right-handed pitcher and a former O's closer, yay, plus some international money is uh is going to the Braves, right? In exchange. So the Angel No, no, no. The Angels are getting the money. That's it. <laughs> Coming from the, the Braves. Angels, right. See, I was having problems with the two sides of this this equation. But the deal is even though the Braves are fucked because of their egregious going over the top with the, their spending of the international funds, they have some left and it's not clear exactly how much. But whatever bunch of money they have Plus this picture, they're shipping off to the Angels, which is the flag saying, wait, Angels are getting ready to maybe make a play for Otani. They're, okay, they're, did I get that straight? I think you did. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like up in their coffers. They're, they're, they're filling up their buckets of money so they can throw them at Otani if he wants to look their way based on their, their, you know, their match on their online dating thing. I yep. think that this could totally be like an app kind of thing. He should, <laughs> he should make an app for this. You know, there's um, there's actually some more uh, love interest dating love triangle stuff oh, happening. Nice. So um, so Stanton, Stanton really wants. Well, he wants to get out of his current situation, and he wants to go to the Dodgers. He wants to go home to the Dodgers. The Dodgers don't want him. The Dodgers can't afford him because with Stanton and his big bat and his MVP comes about $300 million in his, his existing contract that someone has got to buy out. And the Dodgers don't need that. And they don't want to spend that kind of money. The Giants do. The Giants want him. They need somebody and they have the cash and they want him bad. And he has not very much interest in going to the Giants. But boy, the the Braves are just, I'm sorry, the Marlins are just sitting there saying, somebody take him and give us all this money because if he chooses to stay, we're screwed. We have no money to buy any other players with. Well, that's our friend Jeter talking. That's our friend Jeter. Right? And it's interesting, the choice between the two California teams because you're talking about top have gone to the World Series last year and bottom worst record in baseball. And where would you want to go? I mean, it's, it's interesting that he's leaning one way. And I think if he stays with the Marlins, it'll be for spite because I, I, the Marlins, man, are just kind of screwed right now. And I'm just going to share a little bit of, of Derek Jeter hate with you. I would love that. I am so fine with sharing Derek Jeter hate. <laughs> I thought you might Shout be. out to I Santiago. I thought you might be. <laughs> okay, so this is, you know, so Jeter's part of the, the new group of owners who purchased the Marlins this year. And they are cleaning house, man. They fired a whole bunch of top-level people, including a veteran scout who they fired while he was in his hospital bed, one, recovering from colon cancer treatment, two, waiting for a kidney transplant. Whatever you say about how good a scout he was and whether he fits their plan for the future, the optics are bad, and Derek Jeter, man, not good. Looking not a pretty picture. Ugly. Not a good way to spend your honeymoon. Didn't he just get married this year? I don't know. I don't I don't care. I just want to hate him. I don't right. want to think about, I'm, you know, love, love and, and know, enjoying his life. Nope. I am not defending Jeter, that's for sure. No, that's, that's pretty <laughs> egregious. They've got to have some explaining to do on that one. 
Uh, speaking of explaining yeah. to you, oh my God. So as far as um, news of the day goes, it seems like every other minute we're hearing about somebody who's being in- accused of sexual harassment or guilty of or how many women coming forward and it's infiltrating the world of baseball just a little bit, right? Yeah, this is the first one that I've heard of. There, there hasn't been much talk. And all of a sudden we've got one. So it's Greg Zahn, former player. Uh, with a bazillion teams, but ultimately biggest stint, I think, with the Jays mm-hmm. catcher, early right. 2000s-ish. And uh, now Jays analyst for Sportsnet. And uh, and what are they saying that he's he's been doing? Well, there were multiple people who made, a- made accusations about inappropriate behavior, inappropriate comments, and there was actually an investigation. So they didn't just say, okay, sounds bad, let's get rid of him. Okay. Apparently there was an investigation, and now he's out. But now people are digging a little bit deeper into his history and somebody pulled up this tweet from 2012 where he was in a bar somewhere and he tweeted about the um the tubby unfortunately mannish college girls at the bar where he was and here's like you know this 40 some year old you know ex-ball player who doesn't appear to be any great catch anymore either it's like really this is how you're going to spend your time so we kind of should have seen this coming I mean, if he's tweeting it, that's so out there. It's yeah, not welcome to the public world. Anything, yeah. Really, yeah. but you know, to to be fair about allegations, such he wasn't like employing these people. This was not a work environment. It was bad taste. But one then apparently does lead to the other in this, and I don't know if this is going to be the beginning of you know dominoes falling like we've seen in politics, right. like we've seen in the entertainment world, or this is a one and done. But it's it's pretty interesting that this kind of came up. This yeah, week. it probably has to do with how close tracks are being covered and things like that. It just leaves kind of a bad taste um, in the Blue Jays arena. Although I want to do a, a quick, small shout out for a happy taste in the Blue Jays arena. So last week I was gushing over Vladimir Guerrero and the work that he's doing in Dominican Republic and what a wonderful player he was and Hall of Fame stuff. And it turns out his son, adorably, oh shit, there it goes. Wait, drinking game. Right, drinking. Uh, I'm taking a sip. Mm. Nice. His son named Vlad Jr. Can you imagine Vlad Jr.? That's like That's, Dracula Jr. It is. It is. You know, I he's in the Dominican Winter League and he's a Blue Jays prospect. And just to see him playing in Dominican Republic where his dad is doing all of this outreach and hopefully turning things around for the Blue Jays. I have, I have other happy news. I have other happy news. We have some baseball babies and they're sort of thematic. There's thematic baseball babies. So Andrew McCutcheon of the Pittsburgh Pirates is a new dad and thematically named his son Steel. That's because a great he plays, name. That's perfect. That, that's a guy who's a face of a franchise who's maybe taking his support of his, his um, new hometown I guess it's his new hometown. Very, very seriously. It's, you know? it's been a while. And actually, this is a big statement because there was some talk this last year that he was going to be traded and would he go? And mm. he's been such a big player. He's for a franchise the, yeah, guy. He really he's, is. He's staying. And I think this is the statement that's like, all right, now I'm really going to stay here. And if this that's the case, kid. I'm now, now you've got me worried because Max Scherzer and his wife just had a little girl. And this is, you know, this is the Washington Nationals. Did they name her? Anacostia, where the ball field is? Did they name her anything political? No. They named her Brooklyn. I'm worried. I'd be, yeah, that sucks. I, well, what the fuck? I know. Why, why Brooklyn? Well, next time Brooklyn? I see him, I'm, really? you know, I'm, I'm too scared to ask him. 
They, I mean, there isn't even a. I mean, Brooklyn Dodgers was the last. I got nothing. Brooklyn. I got nothing. I think they think it's trendy, but I, I would have voted for Anacostia. But he didn't ask me because he knows I'm deathly afraid of him. It's that look. Yeah, it's that look. It's that look. Okay, so I have. There's one more week in review thing because we can't not talk about the Yankees search for a manager. We were getting close. Brooklyn, a little bit north, Bronx. We're now moving we're that in way. Yankees territory. So who did the Yankees interview this week? Beltran. They, they did. They finally did. We didn't think. I didn't think they were actually going to interview him as manager. Was it a courtesy interview? I think they want him in the Yankees. And I think maybe they're thinking someday he'll be the manager. And I think this is their in because, you know, he just came off of the World Series. He was part of the team. They're going to ride this high. And I think he has a lot to offer the organization, but he's not going to be the GM. Or the manager. The manager. The on-field manager. You know, it's just too many manager names. Yeah. All right. The manager of the team not going to be it. I'd like to see him start as a batting coach mm-hmm. because he'd be he'd rock it as that. But we'll see what happens. So if they don't hire somebody fast, then it's going to be weeks and weeks because the winter meetings are going to start. And I don't know. It's going to be like the World Series. You can't announce this. I don't know. Right. But then there's J-Lo's Twitter campaign for Aroid, which is interesting. It's just wrong. Can, can we make that not happen? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but because J-Lo tweeted it, like the world's going to listen and then everyone's going to say, it's oh, true. well, there it goes. Well, you know, speaking of boyfriends. 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 Yeah, we're not promoting any boyfriends to be managers of Yankees or any other teams, but we have some boyfriends of the week. And if you remember, we're starting at the bottom, the bottom of the barrel boyfriends. Last week, we we chose boyfriends from the bottom two teams, and now we're moving up one. And, and just because they're on the bottom, we know that they're going to be moving up, and we know that eventually our fantasy league is going to have nine players from different teams, although we're working on the pitching situation. So we've got to do some scouting here, right? So um, we're looking at the White Sox. We are looking at the White Sox. Who you got for the White Sox? So for me, this was just a natural. It's got to be Yoan Moncada because when he came up, when he was brought into the Red Sox um, as a prospect, it was such a big fucking deal. He's coming out of Cuba and there was all this political drama going on over there. And he was just this amazing teenage player at that point. And the socks were, and then the money was just going up and up and up. And here is where I'm, I'm running into a little bit of a math problem again. Because so we're dealing with this international money pool that you have for these prospects who are under 25. And the, the, it seems like, well, I, I know that the rules changed this year, but I'm not exactly sure on the particulars. But at this time, the Red Sox did some really crappy math in a way. So they paid $62 million for a second baseman who is actually being paid $31.5 million. It seems like a lot of extra money. It is a lot of extra money. And the reason why is because they were going way over their allotment for this international pool. But the penalty for that is 100% tax. So they ended up, they were willfully paid all this extra money for him so that they could sign him and get him before another team. And I think what happened with the rules this year is that that part was like bleeped out. I think that there's this like hard limit now where you can't do that. 100%. You can only break the law by 10 or 20 percent. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's the single digit millions, which you can gather money through trades and get that much. Like when you get up to 62, that's just a lot of like you can't gather all that together. But it, I, we were so excited for him to be coming up because we heard all about how he's in the minors and he's going to be brought up. And he was brought up at the end of the season for just a few games and we're all psyched. 
And then they trade him. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? I mean, they just invested all this money, but they traded him as part of the package for sale. And sale is one of the major reasons why the Red Sox actually made the playoffs last year. So the trade was good, but I still want good from Moncada. So I'm going to keep him as my White Sox now boyfriend because I think there's a lot of promise in him. There's a, there's a lot to watch out for there. That's awesome. So I don't know a lot about the White Sox. So as I started to do my research, um, I think I'm sort of blind dating. I'm having friends fix me up with boyfriends on teams that I'm not so familiar with. I'm doing that too. So I had a friend fix me up with Tim Anderson, the shortstop of the White Sox. And I think it's going to work. I think this could be a lasting really It's got possibilities. I don't want to overstep. I don't want to overcommit. But here are two fun facts, maybe three, about Tim Anderson. Okay, number one, he broke up a no-hitter with the Tigers, which is kind of awesome. All right, two outs, bottom of the ninth, and he hits a two-out two double, right, Ouch. to break up a, a, a Boyd possible no-hitter. So there's that. I mean, I know defense is sexy, but so is offense. And he hit 418 in September, which is pretty darn good. He's going wow. the right direction. But also, on the personal side, um, he's been. He and his wife have been doing a lot of community work with with young people in Chicago. Um, and part of that is because he lost a very close family friend due to gun violence early this year, and so they kind of found a way to channel that the horror of that and the wow. grief of that into giving back to the community and working with teenagers and 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 young kids in Chicago to help make things better for them and to kind of show them. You know, show them how to be, show them what's possible. So I think that's really cool. And so there, he's um he's a boyfriend on a couple of levels, which is very cool. That's impressive. And you're introducing sort of a whole another category to consider for boyfriends that I've got to like keep a little bit. Well, more you know, open if the boyfriends the are are like ball players who want to have a beer with, what are you going to talk about over that beer? In this right. case, I'm going to talk about his community work and all that. Apparently, also with his wife. That's, so there's that. Okay, there's, <laughs> it, it might be a little awkward at first, but we'll explain this thing to her. You know, she'll understand. She'll love it. Actually, she'll, she'll love us. She'll totally love us. Why not? I, we should have her on the show. How about those Phillies? Yeah, how about those Phillies? So I'm going the polar opposite. I'm going to the <laughs> asshole, but you know, I'm doing it for spice. Spice, a spi- not, a sp- not spite. Spice. Oh, I thought spite boyfriends. It's like a rebound boyfriend or so, something. But this is what I did too. I went to my Phillies friend and said, "Recommend me a boyfriend." And he said, "Clearly, Obudul Herrera, center fielder." And um, I said, "Well, why?" And he said, "Because he's the good player. Like, like he's the best player on the team." But, didn't, didn't he say he's the only good player yeah, on the team? Yeah, he, he said something like that. And actually, I looked into that, and he's the only player on the team with, like, a long-term contract. So he's the only player on the team who's going to be definitely on there for a while. So at least I, I have a little bit of longevity, keeping him as a boyfriend if I feel like it. But um, but w- my first reaction when I started looking into him is he's the Venezuelan Puig. Like, he's just – he's young. And tell he's me just, he doesn't lick his bats. Please, he, God, oh, tell me that. You know, I need to look into that. He's he's a little too big for his shorts, is what it looks like. He does <laughs> stuff like bat flips when it ends up being an out. Or, like, maybe not running it out, and then he's called out at first when if he had just actually run because he actually had a chance, then he would have made it. Wait, wait, or, what, what's the draw here? I'm not seeing what the so draw is So, wait, here. wait, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Or ignoring steal signs. I'm, I'm backing away. <laughs> ignoring steal signs. So, like, you know, they're saying don't steal, and he doesn't, he gets thrown out. So, th- this is all just adding to the little bit of spice effect. But the bottom line is he still has the highest average, and he's still the most productive player, even with all this bullshit. So I'm thinking he's just like a 
wild stag who's got a little bit more bucking around in him bucking you, around you have a thing for party boys There's, i, I, I should have known there you I go i should have known yeah so he's a little bit of party boy he's gonna you know spice things up if we're it depends on like what kind of stats that we're looking at also which we have to determine in our fantasy baseball league but it, you know this could make things a little interesting so maybe he's not a role model he's not out doing volunteer work <laughs> I'm thinking but not he's so gonna far. be a fucking blast in the disco right okay okay, okay. <laughs> all right I, I I can see that and I'm happy to have you date him so I don't have to <laughs> so I noticed that I have a theme going I'm looking at rookies so I'm thinking this is what I'm doing for the teams I'm not as familiar with I'm looking at the rookie class who is coming up this is who and again I'm just at the you know audition stage and looking at the Phillies they had a couple of rookies and I settled on one for now um Nick Williams it's a rookie season as an outfielder and to follow on what we talked about last week last game of the season he had an inside the park home run which is so much fun it's a little bit little league but what the heck sexy sexy and he was kind of uneven, but was heading in the right direction. So he came up in June and getting better and getting better as he goes on. So I think he's moving the right direction. And that could be a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, as a as a Trey Turner fan on the Nationals, I like to see good steals. And I usually mock people that only have a couple of steals all year because Turner has, you know, 30 or 40 or whatever because he's just that good. Nick Williams had only one steal this season, his first steal as as a major league ball player, and it was a doozy. It was the most athletic, acrobatic, how did he miss that tag steal. So if you have a chance to to Google Nick Williams stolen base, find it because it's kind of hilarious. And sadly, on the next play, he was tagged out because he got off base, tried to get back to second base doing a backward somersault. And got tagged out. So I'm just saying, mostly he's moving in the right di- direction, but when he's not, he's failing with style. So I totally want to have a beer with this guy. So I'm I'm, I'm watching Nick Williams for, the, for this I season. Wa- I want to meet you guys at the bar because I saw these video clips, and I'm wondering if El Jefe might be able to hook us up with some links because these are just so gorgeous. It's just absolutely like ballet going in there for the, the steal. So, yeah. But when we're at the bar, don't bring Herrera because I'll I get intimidated and I won't be able to speak. <laughs> So I'll, I'll be a little scared. We'll just hang out in the background. We'll be dancing, doing some salsa or sure something. Sure we will. Yeah. But you've been, you have off-season stuff going on. I do have off-season stuff. And my off-season stuff tends to be hockey, but it's not just me going to hockey games and my kid going to hockey games. It's baseball players going to hockey games. So my only facial hair note for this week is there was a great photo going around of those two Las Vegas natives, Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant, attending a Las Vegas Golden Knights hockey game and it was especially notable because they both were working on their hockey beards they were not baseball beards they were hockey beard. well especially bryce's beard was a hockey beard chris i think has a few months to go before he gets all the way into hockey but um yeah bryce had it going on so and they had the shirts like they, they had the jerseys the sure they must know people right. so that's my only my only facial hair note for for this week um so we should move on to some bigger important issues yeah although it's you know i keep tripping over this last week wasn't exactly international it was puerto rico and and what's going on with the winter league there and there are other winter leagues in other places in the world and especially we're looking at latin american neighbors and venezuela i just want to give a little shout out to altuve you know so we have this venezuela highlight from the world series and looking at other venezuelan players and what's going on in the country right now it's another i mean behind the dominican republic venezuela has been producing the most players coming to the MLB. 
part of when the um, when the Braves 13 Blessed Ones got released, one of them is this 17-year-old hot Venezuelan player who's doing amazing. And so he gets to keep his 4.25 million binding, signing bonus. So I'm wondering how that floats with this international money. I think it's just this pool collecting stuff. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what that is, is those... Those signing bonuses were already paid out, and Major League Baseball sees it as kind of a de facto fine. It's wow. like, you can't get this money back, even though you can't have these players anymore. You paid it out. So part of your punishment is these players who are going to end up signing with somebody else because you can't have them anymore get to keep the buckets of money you gave them illegally. So this 17-year-old kid. In Venezuela. 17-year-old kid. In Venezuela with $4.25 million. What could happen? Well... The kidnapping threats is what could happen. And that's something that's been happening in Venezuela for a while, as we know. And so he's getting threats about himself, about his family. He's there right now. And he had this Instagram posting, which was just saying, Soy un guerrero. I'm, I'm a warrior. I can stick this out, basically. And this is in response to these kidnapping yes. threats? Oh, yikes. He's 17. He's 17. So it's it's a little scary because kidnapping threats for MLB players has been happening for a while, including big names like Cabrera. But there have been numerous incidences of players, family members being threatened while they're here. Their family is there. Kidnappings have happened. Two people were killed. And I didn't get the specifics on that. But the only case of an actual player being kidnapped was what we remember well was Buffalo, Wilson, Wilson Ramos. Ramos. Yeah. There you go. It was Former a, national catcher. Oh, and he was my boyfriend. I know. <sighs> Sigh. Um, 2011, he was kidnapped for two days. and From he, his front porch, you said? Like from his front door? From his front door. He was at his family's house, walking out the door, standing with family members. Four or five guys come up with guns, put him in the car, get driven for five or six hours. He had to change cars once. He was tied up for part of the time. He said that the guys didn't even have masks on. They were just talking, and he noticed their Colombian accents. He was brought to a house in the middle of nowhere and kept there for two days and just completely freaked out. I mean, fearing for his life, what's going on with his family, what kind of ransom threats are coming. The, the irony is that the, the, the group who kidnapped him never actually got it together enough to actually get the ransom demand through to the family. Was that because um, he was he rescued too soon for that to happen, or they just it, were, just never got there? It might have been, but the rescue was an absolute blowout. So he was there for two days, and the National Guard comes in, the government w organized this, and it was just helicopters and gunfire. And he said that he just he heard the gunfire and he just hit the floor. Jesus, yeah. And so under gunfire, they rescued him. They uh, arrested the four or five Venezuelans who were involved, but there were four Colombians who I think still got away. Who, wow. Yeah. And, and, and a couple of the Venezuelans who were arrested were actually people who were at a nearby house who had been basically feeding the kidnappers, like allowing, you know, giving them what they needed to keep this hideout place going. And nobody got killed. So that's the ultimate thing. Like the, the the government comes in, the National Guard comes in with gunfire. Nobody gets killed. He gets freed. What does he do? 
he continues playing in the Venezuelan Winter League. He doesn't come back. He could have, like, said, fuck you. I'm going back to the United States. Right. Time for me to hang out with the Nationals. No. He was like, my country needs me. Oh, my God. I love I'm the Buffalo. I, I miss him. I, miss I him. love him. So let's hope things turn out better without that stuff in between for, yeah. for Maytan. And he, he can get out before bad things happen. So I'm thinking more local. I'm thinking more um, more United States issues and news of the day, as we mentioned before, about um, about sexual harassment and all of those things. I started thinking about it the other way, not an individual being accused, but a whole group of people experiencing something similar, like female sportscasters, female broadcasters, female journalists. Huge. So I was doing a little research, and it's not because I have a kid who's a budding sports writer, but it could be. So it's kind of looking into it. Because, you know, you, the, the, the women you see on TV are all the, the, the cute women on the sidelines and this and that. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of, you know, the, the pretty face as opposed to the expert. All of that's starting to change now. So I found, I just, I happen to be looking at it because it's timely right now. Sports Illustrated just this week updated an article from two years ago about the kinds of harassment faced by women's like sports broadcasters and journalists this is not in their swimsuit issue this is not their swimsuit issue this is not this is now just checking on that yeah no and it's interesting because these women are all talking about things that have happened from players from team management from fans because they are the face and the fans end up following them around and stalking them so there's like the the oogie stocky stuff but there's also the very business-like stuff like this quid pro quo thing like i'm gonna tell you my stories and what do i get in return for this and if you report these incidences then you may be losing access to information about this team or this sport or whatever. So there's actually sort of an informal network of these women who are sort of warning each other about these men who either players or agents or or whoever they or or you know team management who you know, watch out for them, but you still end up getting cut off. So I want to read you just two quotes. One is from the original article, which says, the possibility of harassment has been used to limit opportunities for women to cover men's sports, which means fewer opportunities in general for women to be sports reporters or reporters of any other predominantly male field, right? So there's, there's a whole industry saying, well, okay. we, you know, we're, we're worried about your safety, so mm-hmm. you shouldn't have this job as opposed to making this job safer for you. Wow. And then in this updated article from two years later, they, they went back to some of these women, or and also women who are newer in the field, to say, what's different? What's it like for you now? And these incidents don't get reported, not because harassment doesn't exist. It's because women who work in this business are terrified to talk. Ugh. Most of us feel lucky to have a job. No one wants to jeopardize their employment. That's terrifying. So I don't know if sports is going to be the next place, you know, after we've had entertainment and politics where people are getting called out. But maybe it is or maybe it's going to stay stay quiet. It's a little scary because I think that this is a little bit of a bomb waiting to explode. I think it is, I too. I think especially when you talk about female sportscasters. Yeah. Yep. So um, those are our big issues for this week. And we've got a couple things happening in the next week as we get a little farther into the cold, cold month of December. What are you doing next week? What are you watching out for? Otani, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. This is really exciting. I mean, we're going to watch money moving around, maybe. We're going to see who works out with a dating game. I want to know where he's going to end up. I'm a little terrified because of this AL and Yankees having a bunch of international money. They're the like the... 
Ugh. The evil I'm empire. Just so scared. It's and they've got Matsui's pulling for him. So that kind of sucks. But so ugh. the other thing that's related to that that's happening next week is all of these these guys that were cut loose from the Braves as punishment to the Braves become free agents basically now, starting December fifth, starting starting ne- early next week. Um, so there's going to be a lot of movement on these guys who are keeping their bonuses, their illegal bonuses, and are now free agents. So that could that could shake things up just a little bit. So we'll have more about what happens with that next and week. And most of them can't be drinking age yet, I would guess. These are like kids. So these are not boyfriend materials. We can't go have a beer with them in a bar. Oh, wow. We can't even do that. Ugh. But we do have, um, we'll, we'll be back with more bottom of the barrel boyfriends next week. We have to decide. The Reds for sure. That's our that's our National League pick. But the that's Oakland A's and, and the Baltimore Orioles are actually tied right now for the next level up in the bottom of the barrel. So how should we choose? Alphabetical order? A's over O's. A's okay. A's, A's over O's. Which, okay, so which gives me a little more, more time to like steal myself. So tell us about spring training countdown. Oh, what are oh, our numbers? It's right here. Seventy four days, three hours, eight minutes, and twenty three, twenty two, twenty one. Oh, it's going to be less when you hear this podcast. So that's, that's so awesome. So exciting. And 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 while those numbers are counting down, please check us out on Apple Podcast. Check us out on Stitcher. Leave us a review so other people can find us. Woo-hoo. And we'll see you next time with episode eight of No Crying in Baseball. All right, here I am testing right way back here, way back far beyond the microphone. (laughs)